and welcome to Find Your Business Voice, the podcast about growing your SME through content, brought to you by Lemon Quarters in partnership with the British Business Bank. This episode is part of the Net Zero Heroes series, looking at the impact small businesses can have on climate change. Today, we're talking to Victoria Orr, founder of Amanda Lau Bantu. We talked about her approach to enabling female artists and makers in her native South Africa, and how she embraces a sustainable approach to business. I founded Amanda Ubuntu in January 2020, and I'd taken a career break. So I'd worked in really senior um, leadership roles for the last 20 years. Um, and my, my most recent um, position was chief customer officer for a large um, charity. And before that, I'd worked at Amazon um, as a global leader in large um, scale program management roles. Uh, and Marriott before that. So I've had some really good experience in in really large organizations. Um, And I was brought up in South Africa. So I've lived and worked um, through Amazon and Marriott across four different continents. And and when I left the corporate world and went into the charity sector, I I started to feel really um, kind of frustrated um, with the world and, and sort of, you know, not the world, but you know, doing good and feeling like I wasn't able to actually do good enough. So um, when I resigned, I was actually dealing with quite a difficult um, family situation as well. And I felt it was the right time to um, to take a career break um, and take some time out just to kind of focus on the people um, who are important to me. So that's what I did, but I'm not very good at sitting still. Um, so I, um, I've always wanted to do something that really makes a, makes a difference. I've, I've been driven by purpose over profit, um, all of my life and I have a very altruistic outlook. So I used the opportunity to set up a social enterprise. So my career break turned into not very much of a break at all. Um, and I guess it probably seems a bit crazy to, to venture into such uncharted, territory in the middle of a global pandemic but I have always um, liked to like to challenge and and actually the the pandemic was a bit of a catalyst for starting my business because gender-based violence in South Africa has been spiraling out of control for many many years and the pandemic has really made that situation much worse so you know, high unemployment, lockdowns, anxiety, they've all um, exasperated the, the problem. And at the same time, the tourist trade was um, was decimated um, through COVID because obviously nobody could travel. And many of the artists and crafters in South Africa who depend on tourism to sell their products were really unable to make ends meet. Um, and it was a, a huge, huge problem. So you know, one one of my kind of philosophies is, well, I can't change the world, but I can maybe change a little corner of it. So I buy art and craft directly from um, individuals in South Africa who make them and also from um, small businesses that have a similar social mission or purpose in helping to provide sustainable um, incomes. And I guess at the beginning, you know, sourcing products was quite tricky because I couldn't actually get to South Africa. Um, so I really did depend on on 
on friends and family to help me. And I have a good friend, Sue, um, who's really been quite invaluable. She's also a wildlife photographer. So initially she helped me out by sourcing products, taking product photos, sending um, samples over to me to, to look at. So that side of the business was all kind of set up. And, um, and now I sell online. So I sell through my own website. Um, and then I also sell through Etsy. Um, which has been wonderful. And I sell through um, eBay for change. And I'm not sure if you know about um, eBay for change, but it's a new platform that eBay have set up in um, partnership with with themselves, with eBay, with Social Enterprise UK, and also with um, World Fair Trade organization so it's a it's a platform that promotes um, products that are sold by small businesses with a social purpose or an ethical purpose so so that's been really interesting and and exciting to be part of that um, that journey and so I'm a a certified social enterprise um, and therefore committed to reinvesting and donating a minimum of 50 percent of the of the profits and my chosen charity partner is an organization called the Saki Bartman Center in Cape Town. Um, the center is situated in Manenberg, which is in the middle of the Cape Flats. It's notorious for gang activity, um, but um, the center is really, really respected and so is left alone. And it's a really vital organization for women, women and children who are escaping um, unspeakable situations of of abuse so the donations that I provide through the business help to fund some really cool stuff um, for women and children um, job skills training counseling research into gender-based violence and also you know a sort of emergency center and um, and residential care that's incredible it sounds like you're doing such an amazing job for so many different people um Yes. And I imagine coming from the background that you did come from with Amazon, that operating with craftspeople on a much smaller scale that feels much more sustainable is kind of, it's your response to the kind of the issues with, with, with kind of mass production in terms of, in terms of the future and sustainability. Is that, is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I think it's really important that, um, you know, that, that big corporations have that sort of social, corporate social responsibility. And a, and a lot of organizations now now do, um, you know, and Amazon included. But um, I wanted to do more myself. So even though it's only on a very small scale in comparison, it's still, it's still really important, you know. And I guess, you know, in terms of, I suppose, in terms of, of, of why, it's important. I think it ties into my my mission. You know, obviously, it's a it's a real sort of feminist mission, supporting women and children. And you know, I am a really proud feminist. Um, but you know, f- focusing on on climate change ha- has a really direct um, impact on on women and children. Um, and a couple of years ago, I went to I went to a um, a theatre reading of um, the Testaments, which uh, I don't know if you know, but it's the sequel to The Handmaid's Tale. It was written by um, Margaret Atwood, who writes all these dystopian um, novels. 
And the chapter was actually read out by the woman who played um, Aunt Lydia in the TV series. And Margaret Atwood was there and she was holding a Q&A session afterwards. And she was asked what she thought was the number one issue in the world today um, that the world is, is facing. And she said the climate crisis. And I thought it was really interesting because she went on to say that, you know, it started off being called um, global warming um, and then it became sort of um, um, climate change. And now it's known more often than not as a climate crisis because that's what it is, a, a crisis. And, you know, extreme weather can cause floods or, um, or, or drought and land is destroyed. That results in less food. And, um, you know, when people are hungry, there's social unrest and that social unrest can create war. And when war breaks out, um, we all know that women and children suffer the most. So for me, climate change goes hand in hand with feminism um, and protecting women and children. And I don't think it should be underestimated. Absolutely. Um, that's really powerful. I'm getting that. on my high horse. <laughs> oh, yeah. And rightly, you should. You should. You've got a soapbox. You should use it. Um, and as a, as a kind of as a business, how do you kind of take the steps to ensure that your footprint is, is as small as it possibly can be? Are there things that you do other than obviously the core of what your business is, which is helping small producers? Is there thing, are there things that you do, steps that you take to ensure your footprint is, is as reduced as possible? Yeah, I mean, um, for me, you know, the the products that I sell very often through Amanda Ubuntu are, are very often made from recycled materials. Not not all of them, um, but in South Africa, very little gets thrown away, um, and crafters are extremely creative in making um, things from items that other people would consider junk. So, for example, I've got some beautiful bowls that um, are woven. Um, from recycled telephone wire, um, some soft toys that are made from fabric offcuts. And then there are some um, just really beautiful um, dolls um, or figurines that are made from old newspapers and bottles and scraps of material. And these are all things that would have just been thrown away in, you know, in our society. Um, and I think... You know, there's there's obviously a market for for sustainable products and slow fashion and you know reusable water bottles and um, you know sanitary towels and cloth nappies and things like that. So I think it's great that businesses are making a difference. But um, in in terms of what I do specifically, I mean simple things like turning off the lights and not filling a kettle with water every time I want a cup of tea. And I have um, sourced packaging that is recyclable and, and um, biodegradable. So the packing peanuts that you put into, into boxes to protect items, they dissolve underwater. So it's quite, it's quite cool. Um, and, um, you know, I buy um, craft paper and recyclable materials for, for boxes and packaging and um, I'll often walk to the post office instead of driving because it gets me a bit of exercise as well, <laughs> which is always good. I think, you know, one of the things that bothers me, obviously, with with my organization is that I'm, I'm shipping stuff from South Africa halfway around the world to the UK. So um, I have to depend on, on air transport. Um, so I did do quite a bit of, um, of research 
And I decided to open an account with um, DHL because they have a carbon offset initiative. So, and, and, and what's interesting about them and the reason why I chose them is because they have invested in a project in Lesotho where they have supplied um, wood burning stoves to the community, to um, 10,000 homes for cooking. And those stoves use 80% less firewood and they produce less carbon dioxide into the environment. And every year that project alone offsets 20,000 tonnes of carbon dioxide. So, um, And then they also plant trees to, to kind of um, replace the trees that are being cut down. So, and, and this kind of ties in with one of my suppliers in South Africa, who is a, um, a female-owned, she has a female-owned company called Lady Connor. Um, her name is Mufolo, and she's from the Bipedi tribe in um, South Africa, but they, they're kind of spread across Zimbabwe, South Africa, Botswana, and Lesotho. And she employs women in rural Lesotho, um, who are mostly um, pensioners and sold breadwinners to make her products. Um, so knowing that DHL is actually investing in that community where the products are being made was was really important to me and seemed like a good a good sort of connection. So I think yeah, some it's it's quite important to do a bit of research as well in terms of quick wins, just to make sure that you're making the right decisions um you know I did the same when I was setting up my my website and looked at the hosting companies because I didn't want to have the website hosted through an organization that I didn't feel was ethical and didn't kind of align to my to my values so we don't always get it right we you know but we've got to try haven't we absolutely absolutely it sounds like you know one of the things that you've done so well is is just really look at your entire supply chain and your everything that your business does and impacts and just kind of work out individually how each of those things can be slightly improved and to make less impact right and i think that's i think that's wonderful advice for anyone any other business out there that's listening is to just kind of even if it's a bit that you think you know you with your delivery via air travel you've kind of looked at a way to make that less impactful Yes, yeah, because it's a necessary evil. If there was another way for me to be able to do that, I, I would. But, um, you know, if the organization was to get so big that I could, you know, order months in advance and, and, and take things by by sea travel instead, maybe that would be something I could look at. But at the moment, I'm just not in that in that space. So finding someone or finding an organization that is actually giving back was important. Yeah, absolutely. I also love the the fact that you're kind of by having this kind of artistic cultural um offering, you're kind of in in the, the items that you sell that are using recycled products, you're kind of creating a, a taste for that kind of product, which we're gonna have to get used to in the future. We need more products to be made from recycled goods. You're yes. kind of creating a the aesthetic of it and kind of popularizing that, I suppose. Yeah, well, that's what I'm really hoping to do. You know, I mean, there is so many, and a lot of these things, a lot of the things that I'm selling are um, are made by people who have passed down very old traditions. So I think that's also important, you know, in sort of keeping the traditions and the heritage 
um, alive. And yeah, just kind of, you know, opening up. I mean, that's the beauty of, of being able to have this sort of global economy, but opening up, you know, different types of of ideas to different people who may have never seen anything like the types of things that I'm that I'm selling. So it's it's interesting and my customer base is growing and I'm finding that um you, people are really kind and they're really interested um and very curious about you know where the products come from and um you know so that's that's also been quite quite enlightening I guess. I think um, I know what your answer to this is going to be, but I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on you know, there might be people out that, that think, you know, well, I'm a sole trader. I'm a really small business. How could I possibly have an impact on on something that's on this kind of global scale? What would your answer to that be? So my answer to that is that everybody makes a difference. And, and actually, what I, what I would say to that is um, I um, I have a huge love for Desmond Tutu. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not a particularly religious person, but I am quite spiritual. And I grew up in the Anglican Church in South Africa, and I was actually, actually baptized and um, confirmed by Desmond Tutu. So he's always been a big figure in my life, and um, he really kind of brought the the um, spirit of Ubuntu um, to to life. And Ubuntu is a cause or Zulu word, and it doesn't really translate into English language, but it does mean um, I am because we are. So it's that sort of concept of of sort of um, bringing people together. And one of the things that he actually said was um, bringing people together is what I call Ubuntu, because uh, which means I am because we are. And far too often people think of themselves as just individuals separated from one another, Whereas you're connected and what you do affects the whole world. And when you do well, it spreads out. It is for the whole of humanity. And I think that's a really perfect explanation of how we can all do our, our bit and make a difference. It is. It's, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing it. Um, I, I've, you it's know, it's you... one I prepared earlier. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. <laughs> um, I suppose it's a kind of, parting shot like I, I, you've already kind of given a bit of advice with regards to the the kind of supply chain um question but uh, you know if you were to kind of say to a business that's maybe um you know at the start of their journey of trying to become more sustainable what are the kind of do you have any other pieces of advice that you would give them I mean, I, I think that um, ask around, you know, there's lots of communities out there and lots of business groups and um, lots of free support networks that you can join with sort of like minded um, organizations, lots of Facebook groups. There's, there are all sorts of things where you can find the answers and ask people and kind of brainstorm. And, and um, you know, if you if you don't know, um, people are very giving in terms of sharing information. So. I think, you know, for me, it's important to do your own research, but also ask, you know, if, if if you're unsure of something or if you want to find out, find out more. I mean, even there's even government website pages about um, the um, One Step Greener, which was the initiative, I think, that came out of COP26 about, you know, really helping small businesses to think about how they can 
um, tackle climate change. So, you know, websites like that are, are super helpful as well. And um, I, I think people worry that it's much more expensive to to be sustainable than to, um, you know, buy cheaper options. And of course, there are cheaper options out there. But, um, you know, generally, I think people who set, set up small businesses do it because, um you know they're they're very authentic, and so I think it's about being true to yourself and uh, and making the right decisions and actually feeling like you're 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 doing some good as well. That's it for today's episode. We hope you found Victoria's story inspiring and perhaps heard some good ideas for your own journey to net zero. For more information on today's episode, visit www.lemonquarters.com or you can email us hello at lemonquarters.com.